0: Brian Yevamos, the bottom of Pei Zayin, Aleph 87a. We have been discussing the Halachos, some of the laws of Truma, and throughout the tractate we've been discussing the laws of Yibum. The Gemara now, to the end of the chapter, uh, will be comparing and contrasting some of the laws between Truma and Yibum, specifically with regards to the status of a child, and if that child plays a role in the actual law, when it comes to Yibam, if the couple has a child, so then there is no mitzv- there is no concept of Yibam, There's no Yibam, There's no chalitza. It only applies when there are no children. Uh, the couple <coughs> doesn't have doesn't have children. Excuse me, and the husband passes away. So children play a very significant role with regards to those halachos. The same thing is true with regards to truma. If you have a case of truma, let's say a simple case where she was born as a Kohen, she's allowed to eat truma. However, if she marries somebody who's not a Kohen, and even if the husband were to pass away, but uh, but she has children from that marriage, so then she's not allowed to eat truma. She, she's not allowed to eat truma. So children also play a very significant role when it comes to truma. And so the Gemara now is going to be discussing three different cases and trying to see what is the halakha, both by Yibum and by Truma, and trying to see if we could d- derive the law. If it's found in one place, maybe we should also say it applies in the other place. Case number one is what happens if she's pregnant. What happens if she's pregnant from in the marriage with regards to Truma? Do we say that she's not allowed to eat Truma anymore because she's pregnant? Do we say that no, maybe she could because she didn't give birth yet? Um, that's with regards to Truma, and similarly with regards to Yibum. This is actually something that we had. Earlier in the tractate, much earlier, um, with regards to Yibum, if she's pregnant, this was a dispute between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan. Uh, do we say that there is no connection or there is a connection of this Zika, that there is an obligation to Yibum or Chalitza? Um, our Gemara will assume, like Rish Lakish, to say that uh, there is an exemption from, uh, from Yibum and Chalitza while she is pregnant. Um, so that is case number one, which we'll discuss. What happens if she's pregnant? Case number two that we will discuss is what happens if you had a child um, and then after you have a child, God forbid, uh, the child passes away before you do. So when it comes to Truma, let's say she's the daughter of a cohen, she's allowed to eat Truma, but she marries somebody who's not a cohen, they have a child, the husband passes away, so right now she's not allowed to eat Truma. What happens if the child then passes away? So the law is, is that she is now allowed to go ahead and eat Shruma. She's allowed to go, that was the Mishnah. She's allowed to go back home and eat Shruma. She's allowed to return to her uh, Kohen status. Uh, when it comes to Yibam, what is the law? What is the law? It's true that at the moment of death of her husband, so she had a child, and there's an exemption from Yibam or Chalitza. There is no Mitzvah Yibam or Chalitza. What happens if uh, after that takes place, the unfortunately, uh, the son passes away? What happens if the child passes away? Is there now an obligation to do Yibim or And how far are we willing to take this? Because she could go ahead and she could marry somebody else in the in the interim. The then the child from the original marriage uh, could could die. And now what? Now what do you do? Now there's there's now there's a bond now with her original brother-in-law. She's married to some other person now. So what would happen in such a scenario? So that is case number two, and case number three is what happens if she gets married twice. So when it comes to truma, we say let's say she's the daughter of a Cohen. She marries one person who's not a Cohen. She has children from that marriage. Then the husband passes away, but she marries somebody else who's also not a Cohen. So if that husband passes and even if she even if she were to have children or if she doesn't have children anymore from that second marriage, uh, if that husband passes away, she still cannot eat truma. Because of the kids of the first marriage. The point is that the kids of the first marriage impact her status. That's with regards to Truma. That's clear also from our mission with regards to Truma. The question is, what about Bayebum? What should we say, Bayebum? Let's say she's married to one husband and she has kids, and then she marries her second husband, and she doesn't have kids from her second husband. Is there a mitzvah to or is there not a mitzvahibum? Do we take into account the children from her first marriage? What is the law? So those are the three cases. That we will be discussing in the Gemara. So the Gemara says as follows Tunar it is taught in the price of Beisavia, where she returns back to her family's home with regards to the laws of Truma, This is to exclude somebody who's waiting to do yibum. in a case where she was the daughter of a Kohen uh, and she can return back home. However, her husband passed away without any children and she's waiting to do yibum with her brother in law, who's not a Kohen. Uh, and she's waiting to do Yibam, or perhaps maybe even if he is a Kohen, but she's waiting to do yibam, So there is, uh, she does not return back to her father's home and she cannot eat truma. That is learned out from Vishava al to the exclusion of somebody who's waiting to do Yibam. The next phrase is like she was when she was a uh, Na'ar, when she was younger uh, and a so we say it. That's to exclude if she was pregnant, i.e., if she was pregnant from her husband. Her husband passed away, who is not a cohen. She's not allowed to eat truma while she is pregnant. She doesn't. She's. She's not the same as what she was from before the marriage. Uh, so she's not allowed to not allowed to eat truma. So the Gemara wants to know why do I need a special verse to tell me that she's not allowed to eat truma when she's pregnant? Let us learn it out from Yibum. We know by Yibum that if, if she's pregnant and her husband passes away, there is no. Uh, Zika, there is no connection of Yibam or Chalitza at this point in time because she is pregnant. That's something that we already know about. So if that's true by Yibam, we should say the same thing by Truma. Um, and they, they say this is a kavachomer. This is a V'Haludinu. Um, Uh, Essentially, the wants to say, if by Yibam, in the end of the day, by Yibam, if she gets married twice, we don't take into account her first children. We don't take that into account. It's all about the children that she has in her current marriage. And she doesn't have children in her current marriage. We don't take into account the previous marriage. However, and even in such a case, we will say that if she's pregnant, so then there's an exemption from Yibam or Khalidzah. So then we should say, certainly in a case of Truma, where we do take into account... Children from the first marriage, so certainly we should say that when she is pregnant, that the pregnant, that the, the fetus is like she, the fetus is, uh, is alive. If by Yibum we assume the fetus is alive, even though we don't take into account the children from previous marriages are not taken into account, so then certainly by Truma we should say that the fetus is—it's as if the fetus is born by Truma as well. So that's why you need the verse. Sorry. So why do you need the verse? We can learn it out from Yibum. Zingmer says, "No, lo." Now it's not a complete comparison. We can't exactly learn out from Yibam because when it comes to Yibam, we also say that if the child were to, uh, were to die after the death of his father, so then we say there is no, which is something which we'll get to in a few minutes, there is no mitzvah of, uh, of Yibam. Once there's no mitzvah at the point of death, so then it doesn't come back. Even if this child were to die, it wouldn't come back. So we already see that yibum includes other... By Truma, that's not the case. By Truma, if the child were to die, so then she would be able to eat uh, Truma. So we see that when it comes to yibum, we find other cases where there's a more expansive definition of what it means to have a child. Even if the child was alive but then died, it's still viewed as a child. So then by yibum, that's why it makes sense to say that when she's, when we have a fetus, that the fetus is like a child. But Truma, maybe you can't say that. That's why we need the verse. The verse tells us, Tama Lomar, kinuurel, like she was when she was younger, to the exclusion of if she was pregnant, if she was pregnant, so then she does not return back to her family's home to eat Truma. So the Gemara now points out that we have two cases where she doesn't return back home. One is when she's pregnant, and one is when she has kids. And we need the verse to teach us about both. Because if we had just one, we wouldn't be able to learn out to the other, because they're both fundamentally different. Why? says the Gemara as follows. We have to teach you about a case where she's pregnant, where she does not return back to her original status as a Kohen, and about whether she has kids. Says the Gemara. That I might have thought that only once she has kids do we say that she can't return back to her... Original status because now she's completely different. She, it's, she exists, and a product of her exists. She has another child. She has a child. A, another being came out of her, and so then in that case, uh, she doesn't return back to original status. But in the case where she's pregnant, so <laughs> there, what there is no other being that came from her, so maybe she would be able to return to her coming status and eat truma. The same thing is true. You can make the argument in the opposite direction. You might have thought that it's only in a case where she's pregnant, because when she's pregnant, with regards to her body alone, forget about other children that come that come from her. But with regards to her body alone, she's now fuller. There's another being inside of her that's living off of her. Um, so in that case, there's an exemption. But in the case where she has a child, if you if you zero in on her and her alone so then she is like that she was originally she's not pregnant even though she has other children but maybe that doesn't play a role and so therefore maybe she would be able to return back to her coin status because of the guards to her and her alone so then she's she's the way she was beforehand so no that's why we need both verses to teach us that there is is she does not return back to her original status as a coin when she's pregnant or when she is she has children okay now says the Gemara. Rev Yehuda, Yehuda says to chomer." We just said that when it comes to Yehbom, that if there was a child at the time of death and then the child were to die later on, that there there would still not be Yehbom. But maybe we shouldn't say that. Maybe we should say the opposite. Why? Learn it out from Truma. Again, we're going to have all these cases, all these different types of cases. And the Gemara is going to ask us, why don't we learn one from the other? And it's going to reject it. Uh, The Gemara says, Why don't we say as follows? By Truma, we have a more expansive definition of what it means to have a child. Why? Because the child from the first marriage also exempts her, uh, prevents her from becoming a Kohen. She's the daughter of a Kohen. She had two marriages. In the first marriage, she had children. Both marriages are not to a non Kohen. Then she has a second marriage. The husband dies. We don't say she's allowed to eat Truma. She goes back to original status because of the f- children from the first marriage. So the children from the first marriage are considered still to play an essential role. However, even in that case, uh, by Truma, in a regular case of Truma where she has uh, her husband and she has children, so then, if her husband dies, and then her children are still alive, but her children die thereafter, and she's still alive, she does return back to becoming a cohen. So, if the children die, so then they lose their status of children. So, if that's the case, so then by yibum, where we, it's not as expensive because we don't take into account the children from the first marriage. We don't take that into account. So then, we should certainly say, since it's not as expensive, uh, so then we should we should certainly say that if the child were to be alive and to die. So then the child is not viewed as alive anymore. It's dead. And then there should be an obligation for Yibam. We should say that there is this Zika, there is this bond, just like by Truma once the child dies. So then she reverts back to original status. And so too, by Yibam, we should say the same thing. When the child dies, even if it was after the husband died, it should revert back. And we should say, go ahead and do Yibam or do Chalitza. The, to, to, the, the, the Gemara tells us, no, we don't say that. shalom. The ways of the Torah are pleasant and its paths are ones of peace. And that because this would cause problems, how would this cause problems? Let's say she's married. She had children. She has a child. And the husband passes away. There's no yibum or Chalitza. She goes ahead and marry somebody else. She's allowed to. She goes ahead and marries somebody else. And then the child dies. What are you going to tell me to do? You're going to tell me, certainly you can't do yibum. You're going to tell me to do Chalitza. So Rashi explains to do Chalitza while you're already married to somebody else. It's uh, disgusting in the eyes of her current husband. Others explain that you would have to get divorced in order to do chalitza, which would also be terrible. Uh, so, so what do, you, what do you want them to do? You can't you can't do chalitza. So, based on Derecha this is also an important point, very important point. Because the ways of Torah are pleasant, it's not just that oh, the ways of the Torah are pleasant. We could change the rule. That's not how it works. Because then everyone. I don't know if this is the reason, but if, if that were to be the case, so that everyone could decide their own what is the Torah's ways, of uh, the, what are the pleasant ways, and that's really what the Torah wants us to do, and uh, that will lead, lead to uh, chaos, and everyone will have a different opinion as to what the ways of pleasant and pleasantness is, what they are. Um, but what it means is that, as Rashi explains, that the fact that because it's true, in the end of the day it's true, that the Torah's ways are ones of peace uh, and pleasantness, so therefore, when the pasuk, when the verse itself says that she doesn't have children, it means she didn't have, by yibam she didn't have children at death. At the point of death, she didn't have children. That's what it means, uh, the death of the husband. Because if she were to, ha- if it means that at any point in time she doesn't have children, even after the death of the husband, it could lead to these situations which are very very unpleasant. So the the, the idea of the, the Torah being one of completeness and peaceful helps us explain other verses in the Torah. But it's not, it's not a concept in and of itself to then apply your own rules, but it allows us to interpret the verse itself, which is a very important point. That it allows us to explain that the verse, when it says that when you don't have children, you can do Yibam, it means only if you don't have children at the time of the death of the husband, but not later on. Okay. So Gamar now, based on this verse, now wants to say, well, let us say a different Kabachomer, a different way. Now let us learn from Yibam. We should learn that by Truma, that even if the child were to die, so then she doesn't go back to original status, based on Yibum. If by Yibum, where we don't take into account the first the children from the first marriage. We say that once the child dies, it's still viewed as though there's an exemption of Yibum, It's like the child's still there, so then certainly by Truma, where it has a more expansive view of who, who a child is. Because we do recognize the child from the first marriage. We should say certainly that if the child were to die, doesn't mean that the, that the daughter of the coin reverts back to original status. No! There was a child around. We assume that the, even if the child dies, it's like it's still there, just like by Yibam. Maybe we should say that. Says the Gemara, no. Truma and Yibam are fundamentally different. No, Tamalomar, Vizera, Inla, Vaha, Inla. It said, the verse says she doesn't have children. So whenever she doesn't have children, by true she doesn't have children and she's divorced or the husband died, there's no more marriage. She reverts back to original status. However, by Yibum, it's not that way. By Yibum, we will say uh, that if there were children around at the time of death. So that's it. That's the defining factor. Finally, the last uh, comparison between the two. They might want to say that maybe by Yibim also, if she had children from the first marriage, so that should exempt Yibam Just like we say by Truma, if she had children from the first marriage, uh she doesn't revert back to her original status. So too by Yibam, we should say if she had children from the first marriage, there should be an exemption from Yibim. The Gemara says, "No, ben inlo va inlo. No, because by Yibum it says it has to be that it's not going on the wife; it's going on the husband. The husband can't have children. The cases be where the husband doesn't doesn't have children. Even if the wife were to have children from a different marriage, that would not play a role when it comes to Yibum, because Yibum and Truma are fundamentally different." Ah, oh, velo the final the final comparison. Velo nasa vlamin arishim the Truma mikavah homer. Why don't we say that if by Yibom, we just said that if she had children from the first marriage, it doesn't play a role. Uh, it doesn't play a role, even though in other cases, uh, the child, if the child dies, it does play a role. So then by Truman also, why don't we say that since it doesn't play a role, that that by Yibom, the, the children from the first marriage, it shouldn't play a role for the children from the first marriage by Truma either. And if she had a second marriage, and that second marriage ended, so then we shouldn't take into account the children from the first marriage. It's done. It's over. No. Lomar ain't love a law Because by Truma, the focus is not on him, but it's on her. It's her status. It's all about her status. So if she ever had kids, so then she wouldn't revert back to her original status as a Kohen from birth. If she ever had kids, whether it's in the first marriage or the second marriage, she would not revert back to being a Kohen. Yebam and Truma, in the end of the day, are fundamentally different. When it comes to Truma, if she has kids, either from the first marriage or the second marriage, she does not revert back to original status. By Yibam, it's not true. It's all about the husband, if the husband had kids. And when it comes to uh, if there were children, but the children then died, by Truman, we say if the children died, they died. So then she can revert back. However, by Yibam, we say no. All we care about is at the point of death of the husband, did they have children or not? Even if later on the children die, it doesn't make a difference. If there were children, there's an exemption in Yibam Chalitza. Even if the children die thereafter. We completed that paragraph and we'll continue with the next chapter in the next recording.